0: Choir and gospel choir, thank you for that spirited rendition. Amen. Amen. I want to focus in on one verse from our scripture from Acts 1 this morning. Jesus says these words to his followers You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea. In Samaria, to the ends of the earth, you will receive power when the Spirit comes on you. Let's bow our heads, join our hearts, gracious God, we give you thanks for the ways as we gather and worship, as we open up our minds to your truth, we open up our lives to your moving, to your working, to your shaping, to your Spirit. Lord, be at work in us this day, empower us this day, equip us this day, that we might be your witnesses wherever life would take us, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. It was about seven months ago, a mighty wind swept over the island of Puerto Rico, and you may remember Hurricane Maria, it was Category 5. The strongest category of hurricane that they have on that chart. And as that hurricane swept across that island, it knocked out all the electric infrastructure uh, that was there in Puerto Rico. And it knocked it out not for two hours or three hours, it knocked it out for two months, three months. I'll tell you, I know kind of how I feel when my power goes out for a couple hours. Maybe you do, too. You know, I consider it like it's a hassle. You know, I kind of get grumpy about the whole thing. I just want to invite you to think about two months or three months and what life is like without power for that prolonged period of time. Because, indeed, the people of Puerto Rico experience that. They experienced what it means to, you know, try to drive in traffic when there are no traffic lights and how snarled up that gets. How it is when businesses don't open because they don't have the electricity to run all the equipment that they need. How it is schools don't open because, you know, you can't turn on the lights. You can't air condition the buildings or whatever the children need to go to school. How hospitals are just basically running on just kind of subsistence, you know, uh, generators uh, during that time. You have to imagine what that is like. And during that two, three month period of time as people experienced that hardship. A lot of them made a decision. It's estimated over 300,000 people decided to leave Puerto Rico, come to the U.S., because they did not want to live on an island. They did not want to live in a place that was without power. I want you to imagine that. And I want you to imagine this that a mighty wind sweeps over that island. As the mighty wind sweeps over that island, as the mighty wind sweeps over a land, that what happens, instead of the lights going off, that the lights come on? That instead of a power outage, there's a power surge. That instead of the grid going down, the grid comes up. That instead of, of people being without lights, that people are back on that grid, that the power is restored, that the lights are on, that the life is on. I want you to envision that and imagine that because that's the spiritual picture of the Pentecost. When we celebrate as people, when we celebrate Pentecost, what we celebrate is that there's a mighty wind that moves and when that mighty wind moves, when that spirit moves, my friends, the power is on. When we celebrate Pentecost, what you and I celebrate is that the power is on. Early on in the life of the church, Pentecost was right up there with Christmas. What happened was the church celebrated Christmas as God sending God's son and celebrated at Pentecost as God sending God's spirit. We know that as Christians, what we do is we, we believe in a triune God. That's one God that is three persons it's the God who makes us and creates us, the Father. It is the God who redeems us and saves us, the Son. It is the God who is with us for guidance, for comfort, for strength. It is the Spirit. And so that's what we believe as Christians, and this is a day when we as people of faith celebrate that third part of the Trinity that is part of our faith and part of our lives and the way that God pours God's power into your life and into my life the way that God is present with you and present with me in every moment of life that is what the Pentecost is about and so the question comes as I look at the whole notion of Pentecost how do you know that the power is on how can you as a person of faith begin to sense that the power is on and to me the scripture this morning begins to lead us in understanding you know where we see the clues in that Because I believe that you and I know that the power is on when we get a sense that there is a promise in life. That life holds a sense of promise. And I want to tell you, friends, that is not always the easiest thing to do, to have hope for this old world. And you and I know why. Because we know what happened in Houston. And we know what happened in Jerusalem. And we know what happened in Syria. And you and I can keep on filling in the blanks about you look around the world and you see the heartache. And you see the violence. And you see the brokenness. And you see the pain. And you say, and I look at all of that. It's really hard to think that the world, that there's hope. And that life holds promise. But what I love about the scripture this morning, it says when Jesus came back and when Jesus spent time with his disciples, what Jesus talked about was the kingdom of God. And you and I need to understand that the kingdom of God is God's alternative to what the world holds out. It's God's alternative in terms of peace and righteousness and what God's will is for all of God's people, all of God's children. And so what we're invited to do as people of faith. Is to know that when that power is on in you and me, that hope starts to become alive in you and me, that this world, that there's promise for this world, there's hope for this world. Romans and Romans, the apostle says it like this, that God is at work for good. God is always at work for good. In all those situations, God is at work for good. And God is at work for good in those situations in so many ways, but one of the ways I particularly see it is God is at work for good in all those people who are in those situations working for good. The people who are there who are working for relief. The people who are there who are working to bind up the broken and the wounded. The people who are there pursuing peace. The people who are there seeking after what is right. The people who are there protecting people's dignity. You begin to look at how people are at work in those situations. You begin to think there is a beautiful witness that is at work before all of us. You begin to see that. And you say, that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom that's coming alive in those situations. There's the promise of the Father that Jesus speaks about in the scripture this morning. When that promise begins, when you look at the world and you see that promise begin to stir, that's the spirit Stirring that in you, and sometimes it's not simply a matter of the spirit stirring in hope, hope for the for the world. Sometimes what happens is what the spirit stirs within us is hope for our little worlds, hope for ourselves, hope for those world world that world within each of us. Where so often what happens is we lose heart because instead of a power failure we have a personal failure. And in that personal failure, it just kind of consumes us. And in that consuming, we don't know how we're going to get beyond that. And when we find ourselves in those situations, what the scripture says this morning is this, that Jesus comes along and in the baptism that you and I have experienced as people, Jesus promises that it's not a baptism simply of water that is poured upon our heads or any any person's head. It's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that continually, perpetually, in an ongoing way, pours out on you and me. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But you and I need to know when we find ourselves in those places where we don't think there's any hope for our lives, Jesus says that there's a promise from the Father where he baptizes with that Holy Spirit. And that's the baptism that he brings. And that's the baptism that God pours on each and every one of us. So in every moment of life, your life and my life, we know that there is hope. In every moment of life, there is a promise that can stir within us. And when that does, you can say the power is on. That's one way you know the power is on. One way you know the power is on is when you get a sense of the presence of Christ in your life. You get a glimpse that, that somehow Jesus is in that moment the scripture this morning says Jesus presented himself alive by many proofs to his disciples in those days after his resurrection. I think Jesus still presents himself alive. In staff, we talk about what we call God moments. Moments when we get a sense that Jesus is present in, those, in, in that aspect of our life together, or in our individual lives. And sometimes, you know, when you talk about God moments, I know it's very subjective, and so you just kind of have to kind of take it in that sense. But but you know what? There are moments in your life and in, in our life together where you can, in faith, say Christ is present in those moments. I think about last week, and I think about all our children that were up front And when they were singing and when they were ringing, when they came to the end and you saw them standing up front and I saw that beautiful presence and they had been praising God and, and they had been blessing us and I look at all of that. And for me, that was a God moment. And I would invite you to say the same. I would invite you to say, yeah, that was good. But it was more than good. It was God." And the reason it was God, is because those are the moments that touch and shape your lives. Those are the moments that touch and shape the lives of your children, just like we saw with Micah. When, you know, lives are touched and shaped, it's more than good. It's God. And you and I have to know that, and we have to name that. And the moments are not only good moments, always good moments in life. Sometimes they're very hard moments in life. I had someone speak to me uh, this past week, and they had suffered several losses of loved ones over uh, for the last several years, and and uh, they were feeling pretty down about the whole thing, and 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 which is normal, it's natural. I mean, to experience grief, to experience heaviness, to experience that loss—that's that's that's what we experience. And and they shared that you know they were in that place that was kind of an empty place and a hard place for them. And as it was empty and hard place, they received some phone calls. They received three or four phone calls, just kind of out of the blue, kind of phone calls. You know, not not. Ones that they anticipated, not ones that they expected. But just people who are calling to, to say, hey, how you doing? And, and you and I have, we've, you've gotten phone calls like that. Somebody just kind of calls you from, you know, you, know, you know, haven't heard from them in a while, but, but they call you up. And, you know, how you doing? They're checking in on you. and You, you experience that, and it lifts you up because they're thinking about you and so this person said you know I got one and that was great and I got two and that was even better and I got three by the time I got the fourth one I said something's going on around here <laughs> and the reason she was talking to me was she had kind of come to the conclusion that God was going on around here see what happens is sometimes in the places where, we, where we're in struggle and you, and you experience someone drawing alongside you in comfort You need to know that that's a God moment. You need to name it as a God moment. I look at yesterday. I'm not a big watcher of royal weddings or any weddings. I don't know if y'all watched the wedding yesterday. It was quite the the deal. Uh, But, you know, to me, it was a God moment. And what made it a God moment? was when you begin to see all those cultures coming together. We talk about building bridges of harmony here at Spring Valley, and that is one of our, our core values here. And when I saw that wedding and I saw the, the, you know, the Anglo-English and the African-American, I saw that all coming together in that cathedral, I said, you know what? There is, there is something about God that is going on uh, in these moments. What I want to share with you is that Christ presents himself alive and when you begin to get a sense of that in your life you need to know that the power is on you need to know the Holy Spirit is moving the power is on when you and I get this stirring within ourselves that you want to make a difference that you want to be able to step forward the scripture this morning says when you receive the power you want to be a witness There's something about life where you say, you know what, I've got something to give. I've got a skill, I've got a talent, I've got an ability, I've got an aptitude. And what I want to do is I want to share it in a way that it makes a difference with someone else. When you find yourself in that place, you need to know that that's the Holy Spirit moving in your life. One of the things that we celebrate in the life of the church, we call them spiritual gifts. And I know that in, in uh, Romans and in First Corinthians, there are pretty uh, specific lists of spiritual gifts. But I also want to share with you, for me as a pastor, they are not exhaustive, they are exemplary. And what I mean by that is that I think God gives all of us our talents. God gives all of us our abilities. God gives you skills You have unique skills, gifts, talents, abilities. God has given to you. And as soon as you and I start to say, you know, this is something that can make a difference in and through me, in the life of the people I love and in the life of the world, they become spiritual gifts. And God doesn't only give us the, the talents, skills, abilities, gifts, not only the aptitudes, God gives us the attitudes and those are the spiritual fruit. Love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And what happens is when you bring the fruits together with the gifts, when you exercise the gifts, the abilities, the, the aptitudes with the attitudes, with the love. When you give what you have to give, minister what you have to give with love, with joy, with patience, with kindness, with gentleness, when you bring those together, amazing results happen. God works in powerful ways in and through you and me. See, Jesus says this morning, God gives us power. When he does, what it does is equips us to be the witnesses. Wherever we find ourselves in life, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Richardson, Dallas, Dallas County, you know, the ends of the earth, wherever we go, the power is on. And the power is on when you have a passion when I have a passion, when we get excited about all of the above, when you get excited about the notion that life holds promise, that the kingdom is a viable reality, alternative, when you and I get this sense that Christ does show Christ's self in the midst of our lives, that we can be be part of that in the lives of other people, when you and I start to get excited about that, when there's a passion about that, You need to know that the spirit is moving. I love it in the scripture where it says, what Jesus does, he baptizes with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Fire is the passion. Fire is the energy. Fire is the enthusiasm. Fire is the excitement. And I hope that you are excited about Spring Valley. And I hope that you are excited about what God is doing in and through us. I want to tell you, I am excited. I am excited about what God is doing in and through us. And I pray that you are as well. Because I want to tell you, I don't look at all of us here as members. I don't see us as members. I see us as vision casters. I see us as people who get that sense of what God is doing in and through the life of our church. And what we want to do is we want to be part of that. And we want to be able to share that, whether it's through our words or through our works, not simply within these walls, but outside of these walls. So each of us begin to think of ourselves as, you know what, there is a passion for what Jesus Christ is doing here. What Jesus Christ is doing in you and through you as part of the body of Christ here. I'll tell you, it's that excitement, it's that energy that ignites excitement and energy in other people. People pick up on the energy. Once, Once they pick up on the passion, you can say almost anything after that, you know. But what they'll get that sense is that you have a vision that God holds your heart in terms of what God has for the hearts and lives of everyone. See, the power is on. In Pentecost, the power is on. I love the last hymn we're going to sing because we're going to drop down. We're going to do grace alone. And And the lyrics go like this. Every promise... We can make every prayer and step of faith. It's only by His grace. Every mountain you and I will climb, every ray of hope we shine, every blessing we leave behind, it is only by His grace. It's only by the Spirit that moves in you and through you. It's by the promise by the presence it's by the practice it's by the passion it's by the power it's grace alone it's pentecost the power is on in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit let's pray gracious god we give you thanks for the ways that you are at work, for the ways that we can be part of your work, for the ways that the Pentecost empowers us for that work. Lord, let us be those who let our light shine to give you glory so that all may know that you are the loving Father in heaven and you are the one who holds the world in your heart. And we call us all to be the witnesses, to be the blessings that you would have us to be so that your kingdom would come and your will be done. All to your glory in Christ, whose name we pray. Amen.